0: Hello and welcome back to another Podium Podcast here at the Investors' Coliseum. I'm really excited today to have with me three junior mining executives whose current projects and successes have all come within Quebec's borders. They too are among the many that are starting to realize of the richness and vastness of Quebec's resources. Before we dive into that discussion of gold and Quebec, I would like to first introduce and of course give a big welcome to Justin Reed. CEO of Troyless Gold, Michael Ferreira, CEO of Exterra Resources, and Paul Fowler, Head of Corporate Development for Benz Mining. They of course will be here to offer their insights and background to provide us with a better understanding of what it is that's currently happening within the mining space in Quebec and to give us a little bit more insight on who exactly they are and the companies that they represent. And taking the podium first today, we have Michael Ferrera, CEO of Xterra Resources. And a big welcome to you, Michael. Thanks so much for being
1: here today. Sure, thanks, Chris. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with uh, the colleagues that uh, we're gonna be talking with today, Justin Reed from this Gold and also um, uh, Paul Fowler here from Benz Mining. So it's a pleasure to be here. My name is Michael Ferreira. Uh, President and CEO of Exterra Resources, a Gold Jr. exploring in uh, the wonderful province of Quebec and also uh, with some properties in New Brunswick as well, northwestern New Brunswick.
0: Thanks, Michael, and we'll look forward to hearing more about that later, later in the podcast. And next to take the podium, we have Justin Reed, Chief Executive Officer of Troilus Gold. Big welcome to you, Justin. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, Chris,
2: and to my colleagues as well. Um, I'm Justin Reed, I'm the CEO of Troilus Gold, geologist by training. Um, Troilus is a developing gold producer uh, in northern Quebec. We have an 8.1 million ounce equivalent resource, $350 million of inherited infrastructure, which we've upgraded, uh, feasibility level work moving towards potentially a 250,000 ounce a year producer um, for 20 years. Thanks, Justin. Looking
0: forward to hearing from you a little bit later on in the podcast. And last but not least, we have Paul Fowler, Head of Corporate Development at Benz Mining. Hello, Paul, and it's great to have you on the podcast. We really appreciate you being here.
3: Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. Um, Great. Yeah, mine, I'm Paul Fowler. I'm um, Head of Corporate Development Canada for Ben's Mining. Um, I basically coordinate all of our Canadian corporate activity. Our operational management and field teams are here in Quebec, as, as we'll come on to shortly. Um, but most of our other executives and directors are in Perth, Australia. So I effectively act as a conduit between the two and I'm responsible for capital raising and marketing and all the corporate development activities here in Canada. Um, Benz is uh, a gold exploration company working on a deposit, uh, quite a well-known deposit called uh, East Main in northern Quebec, which is a past producing underground high-grade gold mine. Um, we, we've just started uh, a $15 million, 50,000 meter drill program in 2021 to test our theory that there's significantly more gold left here at the East Main mine than people think. Um, The idea is that this is a part of a significant greenstone belt in Northern Quebec that has the potential to host multi-million ounce orogenic gold deposits, which for various reasons has been underexplored in the past.
0: Thanks for that, Paul. We really appreciate it. And it's great to have you here and thanks again for doing this. And I think now is a great time to dive into our first of a few questions that we have for our three executives from Quebec to talk to us about gold in Quebec and their successes. So I'll start off with an easy question today and I know that it's a question that's probably been uh, talked to death to this point but really at this point we uh, really want to know what is it exactly about Quebec that makes it so attractive uh, for people like yourselves to actually go in there and begin exploration projects and Michael perhaps we could start with you and find out a little bit more about what it is that you think in regards to this.
1: Well, I think generally speaking, we have to look at uh, just the vast landscape that uh, Quebec has in terms of gold potential, gold exploration potential. You know, you have to also look at the the strong government support that uh, we have. You know, Quebec isn't ranked one of the top jurisdictions or one of the top four jurisdictions anyways, according to the Fraser Institute. I know in 2018, Quebec was ranked, uh, I believe, fourth um, with respect to you know, uh, being a strong uh, jurisdiction and, you know, partially because we have that uh, strong government support. um, We've been able to attract a lot of investment dollars into Canada and into Quebec. And I think that's going to, you know, grow going forward um, for the next, uh, well, for the next foreseeable future, especially with uh, hopefully the next gold bull run, which is hopefully starts sooner than we all want.
0: Well, that certainly would be nice. And uh, I, I think there's a lot of things uh, left to happen within uh, the gold space for sure. Um, Justin, over to you. And uh, from your point of view, what's uh, what's happening in Northern Quebec to make everybody so excited?
2: I think we've come through a period over the last year and a half to two years where capital has been readily available. You know, the gold prices had to move, this coming back a little bit, but still is in great shape. Copper is taking off right now. And Quebec is one of the uh, most endowed um, provinces in Canada. We've come out of a period of 15 years of really underinvestment and exploration. And, you know, Mike and Paul and I are going through all the same stuff right now. Draw results seven, eight, nine, ten 10 weeks, depending on where you go. Terrible for a company waiting for results to get to our shareholders. Great from a market perspective right you can't find drills you can't find uh you can't find crews to drill them Uh, geophysics crews are busy it tells you that capital's being invested and then when you look at um quebec as a whole um especially the three of us in the james bay um the james bay region anywhere in canada is probably one of the most underexplored belts In Canada, Um, we have the Eleanor mine, we have Stornoway, we have Namaska and others, but really from a gold potential, very, very little exploration in the last 50 years. And so we have the infrastructure, we have the government support, both through um, Plan Nord. Uh, and also through government-sponsored investments. So, the case, Investment Quebec, FTQ, SideX, Estegens Bay. You know, Quebec takes care of itself. And so, um, couple that with an incredibly skilled labor pool, uh, it makes working in Quebec um, relatively easy uh, compared to the rest of the world, in my opinion.
0: Great. Thanks, Justin. And uh, that seems to be the sentiment coming right across the board. So maybe, Paul, just over to you quickly and uh, from your perspective and the perspective of Ben's mining, um, what's what, what's very exciting about this area for you guys?
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a combination of things. Um, if I was going to pinpoint it to two in particular, it would be the geological potential of the region um, and secondly, the fiscal regime under which we operate which is obviously hugely important to um exploration companies such as ours that have a constant um need for capital um now going to my first point about the geological potential i mean we have um 220 square kilometers of what we would turn to be highly prospective prospective tenure covering about 45 kilometers of strike of greenstone belt up in the area in which we operate in in northern quebec and And that would be extremely difficult to accumulate in many other places. Um, Going on to the second point I made about why it's so attractive to operate in this particular location and in Quebec generally. The fiscal regime, um, as far as we're concerned, is uh, possibly the most attractive of of any of which I know um, globally. Um, As I said, one of the key things for junior mining companies is their access to capital. And there are a whole series of allowances and rebates that... The Quebec government via the plan Nord in particular put in place to help explore codes and to um, encourage development of Northern Quebec and for example we raised capital in um, September October last year we raised 30 million dollars and that was largely a function of doing it through this mechanism called flow through financing which was um, it, it's a very it's a tax incentivized way to put that encourages people to put dollars into the pockets of explore codes like us. and I, I doubt very much whether raising that amount of capital at the at the non-dilutive price at which we raised it would be possible in in probably any other jur- jurisdiction globally to be honest with you.
0: So Justin, maybe I can come back to you for a moment here and talk about uh, some of the things that are really burning on our subscribers' minds uh, specifically m a activity within the Quebec region. It seems to me that uh, we're lining up quite perfectly to see a lot of activity right across the globe. Um, perhaps you could just give us a little bit of insight on your take of what we might expect to see over the next couple of years within the Quebec regions or or
2: area in particular. Well, thanks, Chris. I, I, I think it's... Uh... It's a global topic, um, maybe just not Quebec centric. Uh, Quebec is going to participate, I believe, and is participating. But the production cliff, the reserve cliff of the major producers is real. Um, With a weaker gold price, historically, uh, balance sheets have been weak. They've really been, majors and producers have been scrambling to generate returns at the expense of exploration. Exploration is always cut first. As such, reserves have been consumed and not replaced. So now that we're in a strong gold environment, we're seeing gold companies generating real cash, the reserves aren't being replaced because they haven't done it. So it's cheaper to go buy ounces than to go find ounces. Um, As such, you you look at what Ignico and Yamana did buying a Cisco four years ago um yamana continues to be aggressive in quebec right now buying monarch um, we see Eldorado bought integra continue to purchase um, assets through christmas i think we're going to see a consolidation as as resources and ounces are being added and the um so ounces in the ground are i believe are going to pay benefits um the other thing that a lot of investors don't think about from a retail perspective, but institutions are, is the carbon footprint. ESG investing right now is absolutely critical. Everybody forgets that the majority of Quebec power is zero carbon emitting. It is hydro hydro power. And if you look at Newmont uh, and you look at the first five pages of their presentation, it's about goals for zero footprint carbon neutrality. When you're thinking about M&A, Newmont said, full stop, we are looking for um, zero carbon footprint in our M&A. That makes Quebec probably the best target in the world.
0: Great. Thanks, Justin. And Mike, how about yourself? What do you see
1: out there? In terms of uh, acquisitions, I mean, another company I noticed that was aggressive on the acquisition front is uh, is Equinox, uh, making some recent acquisitions as they're trying to become a major gold producer as well and join the ranks of, the new and wrangled and such.
0: And Paul, how about you?
1: Um, yeah, I, well, I,
3: I do have one thought on that topic, actually. If I were a corporate development department or head of M&A uh, at a major, um, one thing I suspect they're all thinking at the moment in light of what's happened over the last 12 months is how to, where they're going to be looking for their next targets. And like gold companies have traditionally looked all over the world for the most attractive geological settings for the major deposits that they're trying to acquire. Um, But of course, the last 12 months has has hampered that significantly. So if you assume that the seniors or even the intermediates are going to need to continue to um, make acquisitions to continue to replace their reserves, I would suspect that with all the travel constraints we've got in in a COVID world, that they're going to be looking closer to home either by choice or by by being forced to because they simply can't travel and go and do all the requisite due diligence so i fully expect that um mines and, and deposits in ontario quebec all these areas which are close to the headquarters of, of the major gold companies will become increasingly popular on a relative basis over the next two or three years or so
2: that's a good point paul
3: mm-hmm,
0: very
2: Quite surprising
0: With the next question, and and the question being, you know, how receptive have the First Nations been with mining in this particular region that you guys are uh, a part of? And um, have been receptive to uh, basically every one of the mining projects that you've had up there?
1: And perhaps, Michael, we could start with you. I mean, yeah, the, you know, given the, the Grand Alliance that the Quebec government signed with the Cree, the James Bay Cree Nation, you know, it's a, that was the product of over, I would say, a year of consultations, not only with the Cree Nation and the government of Quebec, but also the community chiefs, uh, in the Quebec government. And the benefits of this, uh, alliance that they're creating is, you know, it's going to create a lot of new jobs. It's going to increase the value of Quebec's natural resources. It's also going to position Quebec at the center of, uh, the global mining space. Sector. I think we can all, uh, all see that. And um, the fact that we've created these, well, this memorandum of understanding and this alliance with the, uh, with the Cree nations and the James Bay Crees, um, it's just going to allow us to, to move forward in a more symbiotic way um, as far as exploration is concerned by integrating them. You know, looking back now at uh, the development of Stornoway, uh, I remember doing some con- consulting work up in that way when they were developing the, the diamond mine. And I believe that Stornoway employed about 85% of their workforce during the development of that, uh, the construction of that mine was, uh, Korean nation, um, individuals. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big, big step. And I think that this alliance that the government has just signed is just another you know monumental step forward.
0: Great. Mike, thanks. Thanks so much for that. And, and Paul, what are your thoughts on this?
3: Well, yeah, it's, that's an interesting point. I, I'll, I'll definitely pick up on something Mike there might mention there about Stornoway. Um, our, our mine is actually located um, immediately south of Stornaway, on the way from Shibugua up to Stornoway. And um, the reason I mention that is because, as part of the Stornoway development, um, Route One Sixty Seven was actually built by the um, by the uh, as part of Plan Nord. So, so we've directly benefited from. The construction of Route 167, which in many respects has led to the next stage of of exploration at East Main, which probably would have been very difficult, if not impossible, if that hadn't been done. So I I wanted to mention that. It was an interesting point that he mentioned Stornoway. Um, The other link in from Stornoway is when we come back to the original question about... um, first nations uh relationships um we've got an incredibly constructive relationship with um the first nation community in, in Mistissini. um the chief of Mistissini is a, a, a man by the name of thomas nepos and we've, we've had a couple of meetings with him and and the council in Mistissini, who have all been very supportive of what we're trying to do but thomas nepos was actually actively involved with stornway and the development of the renard mine up there as well which again speaks to mike's point about um the number of um, local uh, Cree and employees that, that Stornaway used when they built the mine. So, all of that's to say that um, that the local relations, the local relationships with the with the local community and the Cree nation uh, in our part of uh, northern Quebec are critical. They're very constructive, um, and I believe them to be essential for the continued successful development of, of both our mine and I suspect many others in the region as well.
0: Great, thanks so much for that, Paul and uh, Justin. How about yourself? Um, very important to have these relationships intact. Uh, what, what's your take on it, Justin?
2: Uh, I, I agree with Mike and Paul, full stop. Social license and stakeholder participation, and engagement, and agreement is 100%. Torilus is a little bit different in the sense that we inherited a pre existing relationship. The first IBA ever signed in the James Bay Accord was between InMed and Mysticini. And that was a 14-year agreement that was absolutely successful. Um, It covered a whole myriad of economic benefits, employment benefits, contract benefits, profit sharing, um, and really was the basis from which all other IBAs in the James Bay came about. Uh, when we landed at Troilus and we, we, we purchased the uh, past producing mine and Troilus produced 2 million ounces historically over 14 years, we went right to mysticony before anybody else. We entered, at that time, the chief was Richard DiCaprio and we signed, a, we signed a pre-development agreement. And the pre-development agreement um, basically sets a scope of participation, so for us, 25% of our 100 people on site are, are from the community. Uh, first right of contracting if they have capacity to meet commercial's terms. How we're going to work going forward. Uh, we update uh, Chief and Council monthly. Uh, we opened an office in Mistisney, one of the first uh, mining companies to ever do that. And certainly um, helps ta- uh, Chief Thomas Neposh is also a lease fan. So uh, we have great banter during the games. And last night, the Leafs won seven uh, to three. So we had some great conversations. Um, but for, for us, it is, if you do not have social license, you do not have a project. It doesn't matter how good your mind is. And so for us, our communities and our partners in Miss are our first call. Uh, when we, before we present our engineering, they're the first to know. We, uh, we have received our permit about five months ago to dewater our existing pits. 30 million cubic meters of water. The fact is we went through the whole EIA process uh, and we had community consultations. But it was our, our consultations with the First Nations and with the elders um, that were the single most important consultations we had. We have to listen to what they say, um, and we take it very, very seriously. And now we're dewatering um, in, the, in the spring, so certainly you do not take it for granted. Um, they are your partners, and we are on we are on their land, and um, if you approach things from that perspective, uh, uh, you're going to do fine, because they're very commercial. Um Uh, The James Bay uh, Cree, as as Mike pointed out, um, they are very pro-development. They are great business people. And uh, we're working uh, with the brand new training center in Miss on creating capacity within the communities because our mind's going to need skilled labor. Paul's mind's going to need skilled labor. And Mike's mind is right around the corner and he's going to need skilled labor. So we want to invite... Um, and promote education and employment
0: well thanks for that justin and i think we all understand the importance and value of these relationships being maintained at an extremely high level well before i let you guys go today and i want to thank you again for joining us here at the podium podcast and presented by the investors coliseum i think i'd be a little remiss if i did not ask the three of you what our investors and subscribers can look forward to from you guys over the next 12 months Mike, I think we'll start with you, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about what's happening at Xterra Resources over the next 12 months or so. Well,
1: Exterra has a lot to look forward to in 2021. I mean, from a macro perspective, if I can just touch on gold, um, I think we're still in a bull market, um, although it has taken a bit of a pause from this past summer. Uh, Nonetheless, on Exterra's front, you know, we just wrapped up our second drill program out in New Brunswick, and we're extremely looking forward to our first ever drill campaign that's going to be kicking off right beside uh, Troyless Gold over our the East property. Uh, we're just waiting for a couple things to wrap up on that front and then we can commence our IP geophysics uh, that, we're, that we've already planned. Uh, so that should be kicking off hopefully in the next four weeks or so, well, three to four weeks. Um, again, I just have to wait for those guys, uh, our neighbors, to wrap up their uh, their IP geophysical program. And I know Justin's probably laughing right now, but um, so we're gonna wait for uh, the big brother to, to finish his job and then we're gonna start ours. And we're really looking forward to, to drilling Troilus. It's been a, it's been a long road. Um, we've had the property for quite a few years now. Um, and we just wanna make uh, take a really methodical approach um, to kicking off this first ever drill, co- drill campaign, given the fact that Troilus has been doing such great work and uh, been able to build up that resource to now 8.1 million ounces equivalent. Um, and the fact that there's no drill holes whatsoever on our 92 square kilometers in extremely close proximity um, and in parallel geology to Troilus Gold is is not only exciting for us, but I think it's exciting for our shareholders as well. Hopefully we get a little bit of the macro gold environment that swings back our way as we lead into that drill program uh, that should be kicking off in the next uh, couple months.
0: That's great news, Mike. And we're actually going to be having you back probably in a few months to give us an update on those drill results. So best of luck in that. And Justin, if we could maybe get a, just a quick comment from you and uh, what you're looking forward to here in 2021 and what that means to Troilus as well.
2: I agree with Mike's comments um, on gold. We're taking a pause. Um, this time last year, gold was $1,350. we are at 1750 right now. If uh, if we're at 2200 next year, uh, next February I think we'll all be pretty happy um, the true impact um, of COVID has yet to be seen um, I think you're going to see a depreciation of the US dollar actually looks like it wants to break down today a little bit um, so we'll just take a break and be uh, be patient but the three of us on the panel we, we have companies to run uh, so it's it's head down going forward for us Five drills turning in at Troilus. Right now, we're drilling 7,000 meters a month. Uh, we have two IP crews out. Mike wants one of them. Uh, I, I've, been at, uh, I've been at site for the last 10 days. I got back last night. Uh, they're, they're really busy. Um, so what you're going to see from us just is a boatload of core. Uh, week after week after week, and we're working through the labs right now, culminating in a pre-feasibility in Q3. Um, We acquired over the last 14 months, a thousand square kilometers of ground, where we are applying our new model at Troilus, which has added over six and a half million ounces in two years to the rest of the belt with some fairly fairly significant results. We're well cashed up with $20 million in the bank. and head down. We believe that the Fort Evans Belt where we are is the most prospective underexplored belt in the world. And I have no doubt that we are going to add a lot more ounces and that our neighbors are going to do exactly the same thing because uh, Mike and I have the exact same thesis. You know, we are the Abitibi, but buried under 10 meters of till that's seen no modern exploration techniques. Um, so... Uh, I think you're going to see a real focus uh, on our belt and and that's backed by the fact that there's not any ground available right now if you wanted to stake anything.
0: Thanks, Justin. Always great to hear from you and always great to get your insight and perspective on things. And I think we'll look forward to seeing you again and uh, or hearing from you again in the very near future to bring us some more updates on Troilus Gold. And Paul, what is it that you're going to be focused on here in 2021 over at Ben's Mining?
3: Yeah, um, thanks for asking. Um, well, we're now very well capitalized. As I mentioned earlier, we we recently raised, um, well, it was a total actually of $15 million, which included a listing on the ASX as well. Um, so we can undertake a very comprehensive, focused exploration program and indeed a very aggressive one as well. In 2021, uh, the size of which has never been executed by prior operators for a whole bunch of reasons, uh, not least the the lack of infrastructure, lack of road access to this particular property that I, that I mentioned earlier. So, we're excited about the aggressive program that we're about to implement. Um, we also just finished our maiden 7,000-meter drill program uh, for the last six months of 2020, um, which was a bit of a proof-of-concept um, drill program. Um, it identified what we believe to be um, two, if not three, new trends on the property and confirmed that our approach to the exploration, which is something that prior operators haven't taken, it confirmed that this particular approach, we believe, um, is set for success in 2021 as well. And, and that brings me on to exactly what that is and why we're excited about it. Um, our approach to actually finding the gold here on this property is based on the application of um, geophysical techniques and very specific geophysical techniques, because the mineralization that we have is actually quite specific. It, it's gold mineralization which is associated with pyrotite, which is the reason that we identified this property as an exciting property in the first place, because you can identify that using electromagnetic techniques. And yet that still hadn't been done by many prior operators. So we're super excited about the fact that we're finally gonna get the chance to to test this theory. We've got a 50,000 meter drill program to do so uh, and 15 million bucks in 2021.
0: Well, thanks Paul. We'll be eagerly awaiting those results here over the next little bit. And we'll look forward to having you back as well to bring us up to speed on some changes and some other things that might be happening with Ben's mining here for 2021. And thank you again, Justin, Michael, and Paul for joining us here today at the Podium Podcast and providing us with some insights and a little bit about the companies that you're with right now. And we will look forward to having you back and possibly getting some more updates in the very near future. Thanks again, guys.